vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta I don't know, I don't know how you get rid of it. Um, okay, welcome everyone and thanks for listening. I am here with Ash. Um, I didn't want to say your second name, so you want to just say, say your first <laughs> name so that I, I don't butcher it? Yeah, so my name is Ashling Vaughan. So most people call me Ash, friends and family and clients and things call me Ash for short. I spent a bit of time abroad and it didn't get the whole Gaelic name of the spelling and everything. So everybody calls me Ash. Yeah, that's that's the best thing. I respond to most things though, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks, thanks for coming on anyway. And I think probably just just to round up um, of what we're actually going to go through today is limiting beliefs. Um, I got Ash on today. We're in uh, the same mentorship group. Uh, so we connected that way and I thought you'd be a really good addition to this. Um, but do you want to go into, for the people that don't know, um, who you are and kind of what, how you get into the industry um, and just even just a, a rough overview just of like you and your life? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm living in Cork in Ireland uh, by the seaside here, which is lovely. It's been really nice, especially during lockdowns and COVID and everything. Um, but I am just like yourself. I'm a health fitness and mindset coach um, so I coach um, an all women's group they're typically kind of between 25 to 40 um, and I would imagine that their obstacles and challenges are just like everybody who was on the call listening here you know so um, trying to lose weight improve their routine and habits get healthier and improve their mindset so that you know everybody has their own reasons I suppose around family and and uh, personal fulfillment and things so um yeah it's basically all online um to, to coaching when I moved to Australia three or four years ago now um so I was actually originally a teacher so I taught Gaelic language and music and geography uh, in a secondary school and this was something that I was always kind of interested in I would have done bodybuilding competitions I would have done this as a kind of a part-time course as an interest um, and then when I moved to Australia I actually started working in gyms and that's where I kind of got the love and the passion for it and I get asked all of the time will I ever go back teaching and I probably think it's going to be a no because I just love doing what I what I do so much on a day-to-day -day. so yeah that's kind of the the short story I think of it. Yeah I think I think this is um th this is an element of teaching isn't it so totally. like you're getting that same sort of fulfillment from it, but maybe in something you're maybe a bit more passionate about. Oh, for sure. Because I hear it all the time as well, you know, like what I've done, what, five years in college and that master's was two years and cost a lot of money to go teaching. And but and there people would say sometimes you don't understand, like, oh, what a waste or whatever. But honestly, it's I think it's maybe like the best coach that I can be, because as you said, it's all teaching and principles and scaffolding and delivering a message and helping people. That's what it is, helping and supporting people just as you do in the classroom so yeah they complement each other extremely well I think yeah um, and in terms of like your kind of experience in the in the industry like what what would you say has changed for you since like in the last few years like what's what's the biggest what's been the biggest change I think there's been a dramatic change between people just wanting to lose weight and have a big arse and a tiny waist to actually people being a little bit more health conscious and you know they're especially now work from home and the with the year we've had there's been a much more emphasis on people actually minding themselves for I personally believe better reasons you know to actually stay in good health and stay in good mental health as well as physical you know for you have parents there who want to improve for their families and be there for kids um, so I think it's, it, there's been a dramatic shift, I believe, and maybe that's just from my own perspective as well and my own, like I would have got into this for the same reasons, which are, can be, I suppose, I wouldn't say shallow, but I suppose there's a bigger purpose to all of this. When people say that they want to lose weight, there's always a, a deeper why. So I think the why for people has changed a lot. It's just changed from looking a certain way to actually wanting to, to feel a certain way. And people, I think, are very health conscious now and there's a more focus on well-being as opposed to just looking great in a bikini which I think is a great step in the right direction but is that something that you would have found as well Sylvester in your time coaching or uh yeah ma massively and I think um that's where so like my whole brand you see down the bottom right and the whole kind of mm. of it is live leaner 23 the forgotten 23 hours so mm. like that whole idea is around 
um, not just managing that one hour in the gym, but managing those other 23 hours of the day. And that's the that's where the fulfillment is going to come in. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. yes, blasting your blasting your, your pan in in the gym has yeah. those benefits almost like immediately because of the endorphins and, and obviously you get results from that. There's a reason why we would work out, but often the other parts have neglected. But I think in the last year, year and a half or so, people have almost had to like hone in on those parts because mm-hmm. they couldn't go to gyms and things. And then they actually realized the importance of them. Totally. Um, so I think it has been good. I think it has been quite a good mental shift for people to understand that importance. Totally, completely agree, yeah. Um, so I guess the first you can ignore that bottom part, that was a typo. Um, mm. But what limiting beliefs actually are? Um, so those that are listening, there's a yeah. woman here and she's got shackles and chains and basically stuff holding you back. Um, what, what was your thoughts on this? Like what they actually are? Yeah, so like limiting beliefs essentially are stories and ideas that we tell ourselves that most of the time are probably untrue but limit our progress and success significantly. Like there's a saying, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That yeah. is completely to do with limiting beliefs. And it's always something that I bring myself back to as well. And, you know, in my own kind of personal endeavors. Um, but like the thing is, our brains don't know the difference between what's true and untrue. Our brains only listen to what we tell them, basically. So um, if you're saying, you know, oh, I'll never lose weight, you can probably bet your house that you're never going to lose weight because, you know, subconsciously your actions aren't going to align with your beliefs. Or if you say like, oh, well, I'm really not a runner. Or I hate running. Well, then you're always going to hate running. You're never going to improve it. So it's this, I suppose, the open mindset and the growth mindset instead of this fixed or closed mindset in, in believing all of the limited beliefs that you tell yourself. So we're all wired to think negatively like down through history and evolution and stuff it was a uh, it was a default that's there to protect us and to keep us safe but so it's our jobs really to override that kind of negative default and start working on flicking the switch to a more positive one because there are far-reaching consequences to to negative beliefs like if you are somebody who's saying, oh, like, I can't lose weight. And you genuinely are overweight and you're putting yourself in this situation where you're opening yourself up to health risks um, and all nasty things that we don't need to think about. Um, well, then that's seriously going to affect your quality of life, which, like, in turn can affect your family or even need to, you know, often thought, but, like, you know, being realistic, like, premature death. And then it's very, I suppose, like, one little small thing that you might not think is a big deal that you're telling yourself can have far-reaching consequences. You know, if someone says, like, oh, I'm unworthy of love, and they believe that someone is never going to, to love them or that they're never going to find, find a partner, well, then that's somebody who, like, basically, that's someone losing their dream of potentially having a family. So all of these consequences, are some are somebody saying they're not smart enough, and they never end up going to college when they had the opportunity to do so, and their limiting beliefs basically stop them from from going on progressing well then that's then losing out on a career so um it, it definitely has far-reaching consequences so the little things that we tell ourselves can can really affect our progress and our future so that's why it's so so important to be aware of them i suppose and i guess it, that's kind of everything with it, within what we speak about i guess is, is all kind of intertwined that's why we we can probably go off on tangents but I guess this is linked as well to like self-talk, like how you actually talk to yourself. Um, and those limiting beliefs can be a, a, almost like a, a direct um, result of that. Like was the next thing we're going to speak about, I guess, was like the causes of limiting beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the biggest thing, as you said, there is the, the belief, the belief system. So there's this belief system basically where there's kind of four, four pillars to it. So you have your belief, which feeds into your potential. Because if you if you don't believe you can do something, you're not going to tap into that potential or even try or go after stuff. And, you know, that might have happened down through, through history, as you were saying, like, you know, in the past and the causes of it. Um, and then your potential leads directly into the action that you take. And then the action gives you the result. So if you imagine those four words, your belief, potential, action, result, they're all related to each other and they're all directly in proportion, shall we say. So if you only... 50% believe that like maybe this has been in the past where you have 50% believe that you can lose weight you don't truly believe that you can get the results that you want um so you're only ever going to do tap into like 50% of your potential because you aren't exhausting every avenue and every I suppose resource that you have to make this happen 
So if you're only tapping into 50% of your potential, you're only doing 50% of the action. So like kind of a half-assed job or, you know, not going all in as we call it. And then of course, if you're only doing 50% of the action, you're only going to get 50% of the results, which in turn knocks your belief again because you haven't got the results that you wanted to. Whereas if you were to flip that, and if you were to have 100% belief in yourself that you could lose weight or go for the job or whatever you're trying to achieve, you would use 100% of your potential. You would try everything. You would use every resource, every friend, every expertise. You'd reach out for help. You'd listen to your coach and you'd do 100% of the action. You would do what needs to be done and then you would get 100% of the result, which in turn, I suppose, props up or supports that belief. It boosts that confidence. And what I always say to, to my own clients is do what you're saying you're going to do because that will massively improve your confidence and your self-belief anytime that you don't do what you're saying you're going to do you're giving a big fat thumbs up and a big kind of like support a big cheer to the the negative self-talk and saying oh i can't do this but every time you do something that you say you're going to do you're giving a fat thumbs up to like well maybe i can do this and i, I will do it so you have two options like anytime you don't do something that you're saying you're going to do you're feeding the negative self-talk and you're adding fuel to the flame of the the limiting beliefs but every time you do follow through and you prove to yourself that you can do it and that you are taking the necessary steps to actually get that the result that you're looking for, well, then you're reinforcing the positive belief and the positive self-talk, basically. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I think everyone listening to this, um, whether right, whether it's right now or previously, will have experienced this before. Like that is a direct because I don't know if you ever like if you have clients that come on and they have very negative self-talk. I try my best to like nip that in the bud from the get-go because if that's whatever like that that quote that you said that I'm going to end up butchering but I've, I've heard that before and that is a, a really good one whether you say you can or you, you can't you're right yeah and it's so so true and I think um we can we can look at the reasons why um we're not like we can look at the reasons why we're not getting the result but mm -hmm. the reason why we're not getting the result is because well one potentially limiting beliefs but two because we're not actually actioning the stuff like we as coaches know that what we do works. It works for mm -hmm. everyone. It doesn't just work for like a specific amount of people. It works mm -hmm. for everyone. So we know if someone's not getting the result, there's something that they're not doing or they're missing out. And um, whether they consciously know it or they subconsciously know it. So I think it's really important that we that we actually address that first and foremost. But then we then we get back to well, why are we not doing everything that we need to do? Does that come back to the limiting beliefs? And and um, I guess it's all kind of in, intertwined there. Was there anything else you wanted to kind of cover with that? Yeah, no, completely. You're, you're dead right there. Just on a point on that too, like the, and I'm sure like you, this is something that you instill in your clients too, Sylvester, but like having your mindset right, I think that's the, been the biggest thing that's been missing over the years in the, the fitness industry, you know, yeah. getting people to kind of self-direct or self-reflect um, is a massive thing. So around mindset and around what people are telling themselves um is a very very big thing so like on week one of my program like there people are writing their vision and it's the same with you you give people a, a vision or a roadmap of where they could potentially go because you believe in them you know that they can achieve whatever it is because you know that you have the tools for them and they can get support in you and it can be hard for people to imagine themselves being a certain way if they've struggled their whole life in pursuit of that so and then like week two in my my program is like you know the limiting beliefs we address that straight away because it's a massive thing. And as we were saying, subconsciously, if you believe something, your actions will, uh, will align to that, even though you don't realize it. So every small little choice that you make or every small decision, if you're stacking the wins, every workout, every meal, every night you go to bed on time or whatever, it's all adding up. And subconsciously, if you know like it's going to be a big massive waste of time because you don't think you're ever going to achieve it, well, then you won't do it. Yeah. Whereas can, like, if you think consciously or even subconsciously, you're telling yourself, you know, it's 100% going to work. I 100% believe that I can do this if I follow what Sylvester's telling me or if I follow what my coach is telling me. Well, then of course you'll do it and you'll you'll action it and you'll follow through. So yeah, I suppose that's, that's the biggest thing for people to appreciate is that a lot of what people are trying to achieve here is down to their, their mindset and their thought process. Yeah, and I guess to employ a bit of empathy here as well, like the some of the some of the main reasons why you have these limiting beliefs is potentially based on like past experiences whether that be past experiences with 
like a coach or with yeah. like an experience to do with like when you like if we, if we just go with like weight loss or fat loss or body transformations at the moment mm -hmm. like if you've experienced something where you thought where you've almost thought that it was going to work and you've put in a hundred percent and it didn't mm -hmm. then that's ultimately um where potentially you you then are apprehensive about going all in with things like um, yeah. a lady she's probably going to be listening to this so i'm sure she'll listen to this um, she signed up a couple of weeks ago, um, maybe two or three weeks ago, and and I think people buy into our certainty as coaches. And I think when you when you are a good coach, you you have certainty because if we don't have certainty, who's going to believe in <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. So um, I remember when she signed up. One of the it was either the first or second call that we we're on, and she said, like, like how can you be how can you be so certain about this and like. She, she almost felt in her head, she bought into the certainty, but at the same time, she wasn't certain herself. And she said, she just hopes that this isn't another thing that she's tried that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think ultimately we need to think more about like, why didn't, why didn't the things work um, and get to that root cause of like why it didn't work and, and go like deep into the past and go into like, so that then, um, I spoke about this last night in my life, like the first step in, is awareness. And once you have awareness, then you can tackle the actual um, problem. And sometimes having those difficult conversations with a coach or with yourself is really what you need. For sure. And like people can have traumatic experiences in the past. Somebody has, you know, done the whole quick fix, quick fail before. It can be very hard to give something another shot. Um, and that's why it's so important that we understand people's backgrounds, I suppose. And as you said, their past and what they've been through before, because probably another coach has promised them, you know, the, the sky, you know, and basically it's never followed through. So they're a little bit maybe not suspicious or kind of like doubtful, but I suppose it's important to, to understand where clients are coming from and that people have limiting beliefs for a reason. You know, that's that's typically why they haven't drawn this on themselves for you know just to give themselves the stress of it it's probably been because of their yeah as you said their past experiences and probably negative ones unfortunately yeah yeah was was there something that you were going to um suggest that when people were listening to this that they would maybe even think about like their limiting beliefs and kind of make sure that they're, they're writing them down etc totally so i would always recommend that you have a journal so anybody who is trying to achieve anything, like, and even just to keep, I suppose, on top of things like mental health and anxiety and feeling like you're in the driver's seat and things, journaling is great for that. It's a great tool for reflection. It can be hard for people when they, when they first begin, but it's all practice. And it's just about maybe even taking five or 10 minutes in the week to write down these different things you could do, like gratitude or today I feel, and just write your feelings. But one thing it's very useful for is looking at your limiting beliefs and working through them and processing them so what i get my own clients to do is write down all of the things that you say to yourself or that you believe about yourself in the negative light so maybe like i'm not smart enough or i can't lose weight or i'll never find a partner or i always quit whatever it is that you're telling yourself that is going to be holding you back and not support you and it doesn't have a purpose write that down and then change that to a more empowering belief that is actually going to serve you and is actually going to help you move forward so the whole point of this it's it's not that you're instantly going to believe it it you have to fake it till you make it or at least fake it till you feel it kind of a thing yeah. because remember coming back to that thing that your brain only understands or believes the things you tell it so even if you don't believe the new positive affirmation you need to start saying it so like you know, I'm not smart enough, cross that out and put a new arrow to I'm smart and intelligent. And if you keep telling yourself that and you keep telling your brain that, well, then after a while, you're going to start believing it. And it's going to be more of it's like being your own cheerleader. That's what it is. Like if you think of if you had a kid and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not sure about something. I'm not smart enough. You wouldn't be like, yeah, I don't think you're smart enough. I don't know. Like you'd never say that. Like, you know, so why why do we talk to ourselves like that then? So basically you're trying to change the negative one to a positive statement. So like, I can't lose weight. That can easily be changed to like, I lose weight easily when I follow and trust the process that you're basically having a more positive statement and affirmation for yourself, or I'll never find a partner. Something like I trust that the right person will come into my life so that you are basically 
telling yourself a more positive story and a better story that's actually going to help move you forward and support you because you know thoughts are things and if you put it out there and if you exactly like I was saying you know speak to yourself like you're a child or like you're someone you're trying to like you're like a best friend like if yeah. you said to your best friend oh, you never find a partner you'd be like yeah. you're a bitch like you know you wouldn't be a great friend so yeah. it's basically I would say write those down write down the positive affirmations and write them on a sticky note and put them on your mirror or somewhere you'll see them every day when you're brushing your teeth and look at them or even say them out loud even it's even more effective when you say it out loud or have them on your phone have them as a screensaver in the background like I know my partner does that for his career things or even put a reminder on your phone that will pop up and it's basically to give you a positive affirmation but the, the key is here that you have to believe it there's no point in just saying it for the sake of it you have to um, you know say them aloud and believe that thing and keep telling your brain that and you will find a dramatic difference in your mood in your anxiety levels and basically you'll start moving forward and believing yeah well maybe actually I can do these things and all of a sudden your limiting beliefs won't be as half as significant as they used to be and then you start making progress um so that's kind of what I would advise for my own clients all of the time yeah and I think just while we're on that like if you're listening to this um on catch up which I guess all of you will be whether you're listening or you're out a walk if you're not pausing this and you want to just listen on great um but if you're actually watching this and you've got a pen and paper in front of you actually pause this and do that and make that a task for the week um because if you like a lot of the time we'll say stuff and like I, I don't know if I, I don't know about you but even just going back to like some of when we've been uh, obviously we've been in the same mentorship group I've been in for about I don't know about a year and a half you've been the same a wee bit longer mm, about the same yeah yeah um and I just I, I think you you can end up like you, you almost get psyched up on all the cool stuff that like um someone that's maybe been there before like says about it and you're like yeah that's so true and then all of a sudden you don't actually action any, anything and then you realize that that's all that's doing is kind of making you feel better and motivating you for that one second and realistically the actual action of it relieves that anxiety so like but first yeah. awareness get aware of what you're saying to yourself and then actually put the, the actual steps into place and kind of believe that you're this person because the person that you want to be doesn't think like that so you need to think in yeah. future almost so you need to think of like you think of the person like who do you want to be what do they do on a daily basis what's their morning routine like what's this like what's this like what's this like and if you aren't doing those things how can you possibly expect to actually turn into that person it just doesn't align totally yeah I think I remember reading somewhere actually before that this this lady had lost significant weight like four or five stone and people are asking like what did she do and she said she literally taught and acted like somebody like as you said her future self or somebody who was fit somebody who was fit and healthy like you know every time she made a meal choice what would somebody fit and healthy choose or every time she was thinking of you know like you know if she didn't want to do exercise say she'd ask herself what would someone fit and healthy do here would they sit in their ass on the couch or would they actually put on the coat and the runners and go for a walk so she just used that technique of what would someone who is in the position she wants to be in do which i thought was actually a really really smart thing yeah, and, and it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that, I guess. Like, the whole idea of, like, calories in, calories out, like, um, that's such a simple idea. So when people try and overcomplicate why they're not losing weight, ultimately it comes down to that. But I guess that is a, a huge umbrella term for a very complex situation. But once you can get your thought processes right, then you know that it's the simple stuff that is actually going to get you the results. So get into your head first, and then the actionable stuff can come because you know what you have to do and if we were all robots we would just give you your calories give you your steps give you your workouts and um, and three months six months time everyone would be feeling and looking great but that doesn't always work the timeline doesn't always work because of different things and I think it's important that we that we look in the future but not just for the the 90 days you've signed up for or the six months you've signed up for because like it's what happens after that and I think it's important that we think beyond just like the, the physical transformation as well and like actually like our mindfulness our wellness how we actually feel is is arguably more important than than that for sure 100% completely agree um so I guess the next 
The next part I, I wanted to kind of touch on um, was environment. So environment, mm -hmm. even the fact that you, you are listening to this, you're obviously in an environment that is about self-development. It's about challenging your thought processes. It's about all these things. Um, listening, listening to Ash, I'm sure your uh, clients will be exactly the same. They have that kind of, whether they came with it or not, they, they are developing a, a more of a growth mindset. But because of that, what tends to happen is that if you came in to the program without a bit of a growth mindset, chances are your friends, family, um, don't have that, don't share those same values. That doesn't mean that they can't be your family or your friends anymore, but it does mean to say that you, you do have to have a wee bit of kind of blinkers on with you and your own goals, your own beliefs, because otherwise you can be very, like, influenced by your, your environment that you're closest to. Completely. The environment is such, a, I think it's underrated massively, you know, if you think that's saying again, you know, um, you're the average of the five people you hang out with or whatever, environment is absolutely key. Like if you think if you're trying to plant a, a seed and like you're there and it's, you know, scarce, like you're trying to plant on a footpath and it's basically, it doesn't have the right nutrients or the right environment, it's not going to grow. Whereas if you're in a community like your coaching community, Sylvester, and people are like-minded, they're all supporting each other, you're giving them all the tools and the knowledge and your clients see each other doing well and maybe someone who's just joined the program sees somebody who used to struggle with the stuff that they're struggling with now and that there is light in the tunnel and it absolutely can be done. Um, and so there's no reason why they can't achieve same. So your environment is key. Community and environment is massive. And having a peer group who uh, have, I suppose, similar standards to you and have similar ambitions and similar wants and dreams well then that's massively important and you know sometimes that does happen as, as we're saying friends and family can still be your friends and family but if you are trying to achieve something exceptional well then you have to be in the right environment and, and the right community that whole idea of you know for for things to change something has to change do as you always do and you'll you'll have what you always have so you need to change that i always think like it's good to hang around with people who are rather at the same level as you and trying to achieve the same thing or who are further along, because then you're always trying to, I suppose, raise to that standard and they will be the people who will help you and bring you along and, and encourage you. And if you have different values to your friends and family, if, if you value your health and if you value, you know, working out and eating well, but then all of your friends and family constantly want to go out in the piss and, you know, get takeaway and they berate you for going for a run or they make you feel embarrassed or whatever, like that's not going to serve you. That is not going to help you so even though it can be tough not saying to like you know completely cut these people out of your life but like to do your own thing paddle your own canoe and um, in going after what you want to achieve it's so so important and I think that's why probably your clients do so well as well Sylvester like myself we both have really strong supportive inspiring communities that help them do that yeah and I do I do think so obviously um you know yourself when someone first comes into the community or the program or whatever and they see some of the wins, some of the transformations or whatever. I think it's really important that understand everyone has a background. Every, everyone, like, no one's process has been linear. So I think it's also your, when you see when people get the result because of the environment, because of all the things that, and no one's has ever been linear, even if it's, mm -hmm. even if it looks that way or if it's on a shorter period of time, everyone has a background story. So I think it's important to try your best to take inspiration from it because whatever can motivate you can also demotivate you. You see someone doing so well, you've had a bad day and things like that. So I think it is important to, to not just view things as like a before and after, which is, which is probably, this is, a, I guess, this, we're going down a rabbit hole if we speak about that, like before and afters and things, because you can end up doing that. But like, I do think that when you, when you see that, you need to have a level of context behind it. And um, usually for, for me, someone getting a before and after really doesn't matter too much. Um, someone getting a before and after mentally is, is where the body happens as a byproduct. That's really like the, the actual kind of holy grail of it, if you know what I mean. For sure, 100%, yeah. Um, so I guess I just had a few slides on, on screen just to kind of, I guess, give us a bit of context to kind of go through. Um, so we weren't going down too many rabbit holes or tangents or whatever. But um, I think when people listen to this, right, um, the ch chances are they get motivated. They, they feel like, OK, great. But like that sense of overwhelm 
is potentially leading them to not make any sort of decision that's going to move that needle forward or move the like push the boat out because otherwise um you end up it's like paralysis by analysis you overanalyze situations mm. and then you end up um doing nothing as a result of it so is there anything i guess other than what we just spoke about to get people started to, to really kind of break things down um in, te- in terms of a sense of overwhelm that you would give advice from completely so one of the most important things if someone's trying to change their lifestyle or lose weight or improve their routine is that whole idea of you know the best way to eat an elephant is in bite size (laughs) like you know break it down small little steps Uh, introduce one improvement introduce one bit of progress choose your activity in getting out for a walk every day and once you have that solidified in it's part of the routine it's second nature it's not so much of an effort anymore but then you can add in another thing you know add in maybe looking at your portion sizes a little bit better or eating more you know wholesome making your own food and things stacking stacking like it is actually a term in teaching and education called scaffolding where you don't get a child to write a phd straight away you don't get them to write a big essay you get them to hold a pencil and then write a letter then write a word then a sentence and then it goes from there it's the very very same thing with changing your lifestyle or trying to lose weight if you do everything all at once if you try to train um you know improve your nutrition do your mindset uh meditate you know all of these things all at once it's going to be completely overwhelming and then you're going to throw in the towel and none of it gets done. You'd be much better off doing one thing, do it well, solidify it in, make it as part of second nature and then stack it or add it from there. And, you know, it's much better to add maybe a habit a month and then next thing over six months, you have six habits that have significantly changed your, your lifestyle as opposed to adding six in the first month and failing after the month and then you're straight back to where you were, if not worse. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing for overwhelm is just, it, it doesn't have to be perfection. I always say this to my own crew, forget about the perfection. That does not exist. It's just the progress we're looking for. And people are always afraid of, of failing or they're afraid that if they don't do it all at once, if they don't do it all together, it's not going to work. The, the trick is that whole idea of it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I care more about where my clients are going to be in a year's time or six months time when they have the result as opposed to six weeks. Think of... The bigger picture zoom out look at this as a six months or a year's journey and do it once do it right and have it for life as opposed to doing it all at once becoming overwhelmed and having that paralysis by analysis i suppose default so i think that's that's the biggest tip i could give for avoiding that sense of overwhelm and ultimately failing yeah and obviously that's it like in this like with with my clients the minimum like i like it's a six month mentorship minimum. I used to do 90 days and things, but what I'd found that let's say the stars did align and then someone got mm. the result within the 90 days, they almost thought, okay, great, like see you later. But then I knew in my head they weren't ready because they've not lived with like that kind of new body mm. habit. They've not brought the calories up to be able to like maybe stop tracking on my fitness pal, that sort of stuff. Um, and mm. it is just through pure willpower restriction. Yes, some, there's some healthy habits in there and stuff as well that kind of has to be to get the result. But um, I think just viewing it in more of a, a long term is very, very um, long term. But then breaking it down into smaller term goals is is a lot more manageable um, for people. Like really? even when someone first comes on the program, I don't know about you. So like if they're not doing any workouts, sometimes I'll just say, right, how many workouts would you like? And then they'll be like four or five. And I'm like, okay. I'm either going to give you one or none, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I know where they're at in their head with their nutrition and things. And I'm like, you're not even, like, if I throw workouts in, then that's probably going to put you off, like, tracking your, your calories properly or going out for a walk or whatever. So let's get the steps first. Then let's, mm-hmm. like, but if they're already doing workouts and things, then maybe it's a wee bit easier to manage that. And you, you just need to meet everyone, I guess, at their level rather than trying to go, okay, here's the optimal way to do it. Let's see mm-hmm. how you go. Yeah. And like the longer you, you're right there, Sylvester, with six months and stuff like that, the average time I actually work with anybody is a year. Um, but the longer you do anything, the better practice that you have and the more second nature. And there will be times where you're going well for maybe four or five weeks. Next thing a week comes and it throws you off or other priorities take over like family or work or whatever. And you'll falter a little bit. But the, the key is to get straight back into it. So if that happens like six, seven times over the whole year. Well, then so be it, because you're a little bit closer to your goal than what you were before but also 
you'll probably find that the, the the length of time between those kind of tricky parts or where you falter is becoming much longer because you have the skills and you have the practice and you've come up against obstacles and challenges before and you have given them the skills and the knowledge to basically overcome them themselves and to dodge them like a bullet you know so uh you're dead right it's think of it like as a, a lifelong project basically yeah and and, and that's that's exactly it and like having that like kind of like longer term vision and mission is something that like once you have that in place in your head and it is a bit more longer term you take a bit of pressure off yourself as well and you just get comfortable with where you're at and like obviously nothing happens in your comfort zone but at the same time just getting comfortable with your daily habits your daily routines not like always being anxious about like imagine you do have like a, a a week where you've maybe not implemented that much and then you start to freak out about it when realistically it's a drop in the ocean in the grand scheme of things but if you if you were to break it down it'll maybe like 12 weeks you'd had a couple of bad weeks you're like oh my god i've only got 10 weeks left over the rest of your life yeah totally yeah it's such a good point um and and that's why it's so important they also getting check-ins sometimes like oh like you know i had a takeaway and I hope I can catch up next week. It's like, mate, you're going to be catching up, like your whole life to catch up. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. it's that it's the lifestyle, and that's the difference between this whole idea of like being on it or off it. There's no wagon. Like I don't know yeah, where people yeah. are saying like, well, I'm on the wagon or I'm off the wagon. There's no fucking wagon. Like it's yeah. your whole life. You know, so that's the important thing to remember. It doesn't exist. It's just a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It's what you do most of the time, not all of the time. You know, you have your social life, you have your holidays, all the rest. Um, so I think getting the expectations right is the is key. That's the big thing. Having realistic and I suppose suitable expectations and targets, which I know that you help your clients to do. So it's it's really important because when someone starts the program, they have very unrealistic expectations in what they can do. Maybe and we know from experience that no, you'd actually be better off going at this pace, doing the the marathon and not the sprint. Yeah, I think I think you probably get both ends of the spectrum of that. Like some people come in and they expect like to to almost like lose four stone in three weeks it just obviously isn't going to happen but then other people mm. come in and they have very like with the limiting belief side of things they have almost like no expectation of it because they're like oh, i don't really know if this is going to work and then i'll say what about this for a goal and then that almost like freaks them out and i'm like i know you could achieve mm. that um so but i think it obviously is important although when you set a goal but it is important to have a bit of flexibility within that goal because High likelihood is over a six months period, there's going to be um, challenges, there's going to be spanners in the works and it'll be up to us to try and pivot those things. And then when we pivot those things, then when those happen, they happen again in the future, it's then more about being able to um, be like, well, what did I do last time? Something similar to this happened. And then, then they can start to implement that into their into the actual life long term. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess a wee bit of a, a plan and a, and a structure is kind of what we spoke about there. Um, having having a plan really relieves kind of that that isn't too that isn't too like direct where you have to do these as you say six six things in a month versus six that uh, one thing in a month one thing in a month and, and stack it up. Having a plan that's going to be realistic to you and your goals is is very 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 important but we kind of we kind of covered that um but i guess one one other kind of topic before i wanted to go on a few questions um mm-hmm. was just about i guess a, a wee bit about self-sabotage um and why people struggle with like the plan have you ever dealt with yourself and with clients like a wee bit of self-sabotage yeah completely you see it in in clients uh, it's quite a common thing. You have to remember that when change is always hard, right? Even though it's for the better, it's it's hard. So you might have a client come on the program and they need to lose a lot of weight. And if someone loses three or four stone, it's a very positive thing for their health, a positive thing for their confidence, but it can dramatically change the dynamic of anybody's life. Say, like I, I've had girls before where they've lost significant weight and they worry how it's going to change their relationship with their partners um you know because ultimately you're a different person the the process you go through in losing three or four stone or even 10 12 kg whatever it is you are a different person ultimately because it takes a different mindset and it takes adapting a different or adopting a different identity 
um, in going through that process. So ultimately, you're a different person, probably for the better. But mm-hmm. coming back to this environment and this peer group, maybe that doesn't sit quite well with everybody. So self-sabotage, even though it can be a good thing moving forward, and that, that's ultimately what the, said, the person says they want, subconsciously, again, maybe you're, you're worried that like it's going to affect your relationship with your partner or your friends are going to become jealous or you're going to you know, um, not be a part of the group anymore because you're going out drinking and you're not getting takeaway and all of these things. So if they are real thoughts in your mind, well, then self-sabotage is going to come into effect because you don't want to get outside the comfort zone. You don't want things to change because you don't want to rock the boat. And you see that people do that sometimes in in having self-sabotage. And then the other thing is like, they almost maybe want to prove that their limiting beliefs were right. You know, if you've been telling your yourself a story for your whole life, um, well, the chances are that it's familiar and it's been your narrative for your whole life. So you're going to kind of go along with that. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable moving into a new place. So then you might see a bit of self-sabotage or that you're not following through for yourself. But again, awareness is is key there in being able to spot it, nip it in the bud. And of course, working closely with your coach um, and basically overcoming those things and, and I suppose expressing how you're feeling and getting the getting the, the structure or the roadmap to go through it because chances are if you're struggling with self-sabotage or if you're struggling with negative thoughts or limiting beliefs there's been hundreds of clients before you have had the very same thing so while we might think it's embarrassing or shameful for us to say this know that you're not alone and that there's been hundreds of people go through the program before you and basically have had the very very same thoughts and they can totally be overcome and you know diminished I suppose yeah and and I think uh, there's a almost like an element of like when people they, there's an element of safety in people's heads when they go back because they knew that yeah. they could not that they could, there was a reason why they wanted to change so I think you end up forgetting the, the fact that you wanted to change and you're like well that was safe it wasn't really the, the safety is in growth um mm. and I definitely think that that is something that because actually I spoke to a client maybe a couple of months ago about this um, and one of the things that came up was that she was like but what happens when I get there maybe if maybe mm-hmm. I, I won't be happy like mm-hmm. and that almost like because then because if she gets there and she's not happy is she ever going to be happy that sort of thing and then she's not ever working towards something because like she realizes mm-hmm. that when she gets there she's actually not as happy as she thought she would be and things and uh, there's there's so many facets to it that that go on in your head and it's like it's maybe not even that conscious in your head but you need to kind of bring it to the forefront to actually realize that as well for sure that's where the danger comes in if you only place your happiness in the way you look or the weight you lose or the number on the scale. Like I've been 20 kg lighter when I was bodybuilding um, and I'm probably somewhere in the middle now, but being lean or being a certain number on the scale or being super ripped or whatever, it does not bring you happiness. From, from my own personal experience, and I know that from clients, it's the inner work that you do. And it's basically getting your mind to catch up with, because if your mind isn't right and you don't have that self-love or that self-confidence, it doesn't matter what you look like in the mirror on the scale. So that's what I think is so important to look at your values and you as a person and what brings you fulfillment and purpose as opposed to just a number of the skills or how you look or being able to diet super hard. It's not going to give you happiness. It's looking at the, the inner stuff and that's why the mindset and I suppose your, your self-development comes into play. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I'm going to stop the, the share here. So I've got um, I've got these, these questions here and we can actually, we're not all just, we're not away in the wee corner the whole time. <laughs> So, I got a, a few questions, I guess, to, to, to round up that some clients had asked in their check-ins. Um, a few would be cool answering these. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many times did you fail at dieting before it actually worked? So I was a bit of a strange one because I still am. <laughs> because when I started training in the gym, uh, I had no, I had no background of dieting. I never had issue with food. I just wanted to get in a little bit more shape. I was in uni, wanted to get a little bit more shape for holiday, I think. Um, and I never had any issues with food or was never very overweight. So I followed the meal plan religiously in the gym. And that was my downfall. It wasn't failing off of a diet. Right. It, it was the opposite. So essentially it's that whole thing of like, I didn't fail a diet, the diet failed me. 
because I was never taught how to eat like a normal human being after following a meal plan. I had a, a repertoire of maybe four meals that I could eat <laughs> for the rest of my life. And I was never taught how to uh, manage that myself. And anytime the coach I had at the time was like, oh, I've changed your meal plan. I'm like, brilliant, you have to give me a new meal. And it would be 10 grams more of rice. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, I, I never, I never got to, and that's where my downfall was. I had issues around food. I found myself after bodybuilding, I found myself worrying about eating a red pepper as opposed to a green one. I was worrying about milk in my tea. I was, I was uncomfortable with not having the structure and having the freedom and I didn't have the education to do it. So that's why I suppose I'm so passionate about teaching my clients um, around food and portion size and ultimately giving them total freedom to have what they like with a bit of guidance around food so as opposed to failing diets I was the opposite spectrum I was like if someone had put a gun to my head and told me to eat something that I shouldn't have had I was like just blow my brains out honestly I wouldn't have shifted off the diet I was so I was too dedicated I was too obsessed with it so that's the thing you have to be very aware of as well it's like yeah it's all well and good having bulletproof discipline and following a, a diet plan to the T. but unless you know how to come out of that and how to come out the other end well then it can be just as damaging as failing diets all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think um, that that is an important point is that after there is no after, but like after mm-hmm. the initial goal that you set, that you achieve that, like having a, a way to come back at the other end, because the amount of times, yeah. um, even like personally, like myself, like whenever I've done a photo shoot or anything like that, like, I've, I've always or I've, I've even like I've done it for a holiday when you do it for a holiday you go from like maybe doing 20,000 steps a day and um kind of limiting your carbohydrates towards the end and feeling a wee bit lower in energy and then you go and you start eating carbonaras for breakfast and <laughs> and, and, and drink and drinking Prosecco and it just and you go from yeah. like one extreme to the other and no wonder like whenever I used to go on holiday and I used to feel great the first couple of days no wonder I just felt it was potentially a digestive issue as well as obviously yeah, a caloric yeah. intake issue that yeah. three or four days after I just felt as if I'd everything went to pop. Yeah, oh completely. Sure. Like you're like a hippo coming back from holidays. Yeah. <laughs> your your self-esteem is is terrible and everything. And that's why it's so important that it's something that you are doing continuously. It's a lifestyle choice. Yeah, you can dial it up every now and again, you know, um, up the ante a little bit, but that you have that ebb and flow. You can't be all year round you know gone home it's not healthy it's not good for your nervous system it's not good for your brain um so that's why it's important to have you know be pretty good 80 percent, 80 20 all year round as opposed to being 100 percent or 40 percent. you know yeah yeah and, and and i think that's what a lot of people kind of do struggle with is that that even even myself sometimes like I, I find that when I'm doing something like I don't know if it's just the type of personality that I have I feel as if I have to be doing everything or else it's not working even though I know in my head it's working you sometimes have to bring yourself back down to earth but I think that's ultimately and I actually think do we have this we have the same coach you with Joe as well yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah so I think it is important that even when you have the knowledge and you know everything like it's important to have that other perspective there um, so that then they can bring you back down and you go, well, actually, like, they can call you out when they need to call you out and at the same time, they can they can actually say you're actually doing better than you think. You've had this on, you've had this on, you've had this one on, you've yeah. managed to maintain. So we're all yeah. human at the end of the day. So regardless, mm. I think it's important that um, we're, we're all failing, but we're failing forward. Yeah, and it, it is important to take a rest. It's important to, to give yourself that permission to not always be at 100% like last weekend I had done um a triathlon so I was training up to that training loads eating watching what I was eating you know putting putting everything in, in the right place for that and then once I'd done the try I spent the week after that like not training eating too much probably you know because I wasn't being as aware or I didn't have that immediate goal and like you honestly you feel like shit after a week and then you're like you kind of come back to yourself you're like oh so that's why I eat well and that's why I exercise yeah so it doesn't take long until you're reminded and you know that why it works and why you do it so it, it kind of takes those things those little things failures as some people see them in virtual commas but they're actually just learning lessons like ah right next time I'll know not to do that then yeah, and you forget, like sometimes I'll go, and it's not even like you forget, like if, if I went going a stag do or 
or something like that, and you do something that's out with your routine. Well, hmm. you knew that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, and and you and you end up doing stuff that you wouldn't normally do, and that completely yeah. throws you off course. And you realise that's why I take take care of myself. It's yeah, it's not necessarily really. just the body aspect of it. It's actually genuinely how I feel. Um, mm. So I guess we kind of covered the next one anyway. You said, uh, or I said, what what do you do if you feel overwhelmed? Um, and kind of just said that the fact that you um you need to give yourself a bit of like a, a bit of leeway uh, but is there anything else um i suppose journaling is well. coming back to that point of you know if i ever feel overwhelmed i i would write my thoughts and how i'm feeling so sometimes when you know that whole idea of like a problem shared is a problem halved when you're speaking to someone or when you are writing in a journal it's kind of like sharing those thoughts and you process things a lot better so it might seem like the end of the world whatever you're thinking of or if you seem overwhelmed it could be all small things adding up but when you actually write things out you're like oh well look have, have a, a, a rational approach to it I suppose like write a list if you have a thousand things to do and you feel so overwhelmed write a list and tick off the first three or tick off the you know it's that that book eat that frog around procrastination things like eat the frog first do the hardest one first and it's action always melts anxiety and overwhelm like the second you take action on something it's it's the top it's not doing something that freaks people out because you're going to be stuck in the same place and you know that you're going to struggle with it going forward so i would journal sometimes i say like you know today i feel anxious overwhelmed but then why and i write my thoughts and i write a piece of paper and when i do write them like oh well look that's kind of out there now i don't feel so bad it's not all in my head and when you do write them out it doesn't seem like a such big deal it's probably like first world problems a lot of us um I suppose are feeling overwhelmed or anxious anxious of so that would be another thing to get into a practice of journaling or meditation or some mindful process where you can actually take some time out in the week and not let all of these worries or these anxieties kind of stack up yeah awesome i, I muted myself there because uh because because of, of the great journal. idea um, <laughs> but i think i think we'll we'll end it we'll end the recording there just so that we're not um speaking over it getting drilled in the background but we actually done we've done not too bad i thought i was going to ruin the whole podcast at the start yeah uh, well, that was sweet that was perfect it worked really well but but it worked, it worked all good so um thank you so much for coming on um when no worries listen to this where where can they where can they find you best instagram probably that's the best place if you want to give them my my instagram handle um I'll put, it, I'll, say, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes.